0: Steve Sherlock here for Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio, anywhere on the internet at WFPR.FM and the local Franklin Mass Radio FM dial 102.9, in the car, in the home. It's a Talk Franklin session, and today we have our town administrator, Jamie Helen. Jamie, how are you doing today?
1: Fantastic, Steve. Late night last night, but well worth it. Um, a lot of great stuff got done at last night's meeting, and, and we're going to talk about it in a minute, but um, no rest for the wicked.
0: No rest for the wicked, no rest for the weary. There's so much going on. I know there's been complaints about the meetings are too long. Was, wait a minute. Stop. I mean, <laughs> the meetings are conducting business. And oh, by the way, the last two, I mean, you, the town council did spend nine hours about their most important thing, the budget. Yeah. <laughs> And then last night we had a whole bunch of other stuff that, you know, if we met more frequently, that would be one thing, but Oh, by the way, these are volunteers. They're not getting paid for this. So you meet twice and uh, some meetings go a little bit longer than others, but then I at least have time with you time with the council chair, Tom Mercer, so we can do condense the session to a quarterbacking. They can get the, the gist of it. If they need to, they don't have to sit through the three and four hours. So they've got some choices and options.
1: Well, I mean, I think at the end of the day, I think, you know, one of the things and I forgive the audience listening for me being positive. um, You know, you know, as as Counselor Frangillo really eloquently said over and over this year, you know, the pot is just not big enough. And Mm -hmm. the us versus them dynamics that can occur from this um, are not. Um, ever going to help us solve some of the other issues that have been identified through this budget uh, season. I think there's a couple of things. One, all the listeners have to also realize that even while we there's certainly some items, um, you know, not just school department either, but um, there were other budget priorities that were important to a lot of people that never got funded. And we can't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Mm-hmm. Um there's still three and a half million plus or minus uh of new investment in town um some of the things that didn't get really a lot of um highlighted from uh because of the uh school department related issues um are that we're still a triple a bond rating uh community for the second year. We had a clean audit from our auditors um with not one single management suggestion on the books. We're a very financially sound community. Um, for the first time ever, and this is going to be shocking, I think, to most people, and kind of get drowned out by the school-related issues, Steve. Over $600,000 is going to be in the FY24 budget for just roads. First um, time we, ever. First time ever. We've never had that much money um, in the budget, and that's due to the work of Councilor Hamlin and Councilor Jones, Councilor DeLorco, and the Stormwater Utility Committee um, to get that in. Um, you know, we added four additional police officers, which uh, I'm sorry for some that may not want to hear this. The number one complaint I get by far is road rage, traffic enforcement, speeding on Partridge Street, speeding mm-hmm. on Pond Street. Um, I had a constituent come in recently. About six months ago, seven months ago, and literally was on Pond Street and asked, she retired, and she asked me if I could get her a speeding radar gun. (laughs) She wanted to sit out in her front lawn, was scared to get her mail because people speed down Pond Street so fast. Um, I don't think I need to tell any on the Lincoln Street Corridor about speeding. I don't think I need to tell anybody on the Pleasant Street Corridor about speeding. Um The number one issue we hear of all the time is enforcement and about speeding and road rage and um and and look, accidents data are way up. Drunk driving data is way up. Texting and driving accidents are such a high percentage of all these. We clearly need to do more and have those four officers to improve the morale of the department who are being forced in for overtime on a very high basis more than we've ever seen before um is a huge huge victory for the community and we added in a couple additional paramedics um, to deal with the record-breaking paramedic calls those that that's like ordering food Steve right like people in the community are dialing 911 for reasons and higher than we've ever seen before which is a whole nother you know discussion Mm -hmm. hopefully down the line Um, We have a deputy town administrator starting in the summer this year. (laughs) Uh, For the first time, I'm the only one that's ever existed before. So we'll finally have structurally in the budget, someone to do a lot more business development, social service coordination, and a lot of other projects, um, create more bandwidth within the department. Including Uh, for you. (laughs) Including for me. um, We have a fully funded snow and ice removal budget for the first time in town history. Um, You know, and so which is a public safety issue and quite frankly as I say every year when people want to say the most important department obviously it's the schools um but a close second is the DPW. they every family in Franklin is not impacted by the school district every single property owner in Franklin is affected by the DPW
0: and one of their and, services and, absolutely and their
1: services in some way or other you are impacted by the Department right. of Public Works and most people Steve are impacted In multiple ways by the DPW. So we've seen some investments in there. And I think the last thing I would say about the budget is just to iterate it for the record, I said it numerous times and you heard me. The competing priorities and the desires of the community are not even remotely close to what we can afford. They're not even in the same galaxy. Okay. The wish list is just so exorbitantly high. There's no feasible way for us to fund everything that everybody wants this year, next year, year after that. um, And it's my job to listen to all of the constituencies within the town. And even if the school department is the most important department we have. um, And places where the most investment may be needed. The morale throughout the community Um, suffers when you don't show everyone that you get even a microscopic slice of the pie. You have to show everybody in a situation like this in financial distress that everyone's been heard and listened to and that even if it's the cultural council, even if it's $10,000, okay, that means a that $10,000 probably means more to them for grants to artists in the community than maybe even the 2 million increase means to the schools.
0: Mm -hmm. It,
1: it, it, people have to understand there are other, there are other entities out there. And so we need to be careful of that and making sure that um, everybody in the community is heard. Um, And I think, um, one of the things that I think I'm most proud of this year, Steve and you've been at all the meetings, <laughs> the engagement has been higher than any year in my eight years here by far. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's yeah. still paltry. <laughs> it's like kind of like voting in a local election versus a presidential election right you know um, it's still paltry and still a little embarrassing but I was really happy and I think the feedback I got throughout, was that a lot of people really did learn a lot this year more than they have before about about at least why the competing priorities are there and are at least aware that there's just nowhere near as much money revenue projections as what we can possibly fund
0: now there's there's a whole lot out there one of the pieces that you didn't mention and was highlighted before and it certainly as a part of the picture is while for several years we didn't have to worry about inflation a dollar was a dollar we could budget and bank for that accordingly unfortunately in the last couple of years certainly coming out of the pandemic the risk and uncertainty of the future is still there so that took and if I recall it was what between 700 and maybe a million something just from an inflation factor so that was funds that we had to apply to do what we were already doing and needed to do that could have been reapplied elsewhere so we did benefit to the extent that the stormwater piece you mentioned you we moved that out of ops now it's a separate fee operation so now we can put road money in there um those are all you know kind of steps and i won't say baby steps because they're significant steps we've never done that before They are steps. Are we where we want to be yet? No, (laughs) but at least we're making progress towards where we need to be. We're making huge
1: strides. And I think, you know, we're making strides. This year's budget, the the positive that's not going to get talked about as much is, you know, we've really made some strategic investments, minor investments in every corner of the budget that are moving those departments' goals and the community goals forward. Um, I know the hot button issue is the school department costs, but, um, unfortunately a lot of the dynamics with the school department are things that we're really not talking about very much. And I think you and I would agree, Steve, you know, I've advocated for the radio forum. And just as a plug, I know in a couple weeks, um, the school department and, and the town administration department are going to have a joint, um, discussion with you. And on July 26th, uh, it looks like we're going to have uh, a meeting of the Joint Budget Subcommittee to get the fiscal forecast for the next five years. But, I mean, even aside from all of that, we have to start talking about some of the things that are in my budget area. The the charter school issue, which really there's not much more we can do about, but, you know, the lack of opposition to the charter school uh, size 10 years ago, is now showing and rearing its ugly head. And Jeff Nutting, my predecessor, definitely warned the community about this over and over again, Steve. You've Mm -hmm. documented this heavily. The second issue is enrollment. Um, You know, the uh, school business administrator had said that there's an enrollment based off 4,600 students in September of 2023. For the new uh, listeners in town, in 2008, the school enrollment was 6,460. That's a decline of 1,900 students in 15 years. Oh, by the way, almost every school district in eastern Massachusetts is facing this right now. Read the city of Brockton. You know, look at a lot of other school districts. The town of Wellesley closed an elementary
0: school last year. Mm-hmm. Um, what is, is happening in Franklin? Facing up too. What's that? Boston is finally facing it, too.
1: Boston is – Boston, actually <laughs> – I give Mayor Wu a lot of credit, and uh, Superintendent Skipper. They just announced a a politically challenging and probably unpopular change um, with the vocational school and the location of some of their um, exam schools. They just made a substantial decision of change, yeah. uh, and that takes a lot of bold courage. I don't take anything away from that. I mean, it may not be as much as they need to do. City of Boston's closed a handful of schools. It closed out East Boston High School. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if you were a business or a restaurant and you saw a declining business of 33%, you'd be out of business or you'd be close to it or you would have to redesign your menu, restructure, bring bring those customers back in, right? And so this is something where I heard recently um, someone articulate that declining enrollment is just a number, but there are faces behind all of these numbers. And that's true. Um, that is accurate. However, um, financing and money and being able to pay for things we want is also true. And, and, you know, unfortunately, inflation caught everybody a little off guard, I think, more than maybe, you know, certainly me. But um, I understand when I talk about inflation a year, year and a half ago and warn people of this, they probably don't listen until until it hits. And ultimately, that's the story of this year's budget. It's been Groundhog Day like this for 13 years. Mm-hmm. This is not new. Nothing new. Uh, we have to start having some very uncomfortable conversations. And quite frankly, the parents that I have talked to and the parents that have come out, we're not valuing enough. I am, but we are not as a community valuing enough their intellect and their um, ability to be able to change and adapt and be a part of the conversation. We're undermining their ability to handle these conversations. I think most of these folks, if not all of them, are aware. They elect us and hire us for a reason. They want us to tell us the solutions to the problem. And as you would expect, Steve, I have plenty of options for solutions to this problem. Um, but the question really is, is, um, is the school community ready to hear some of these things? And are they really willing to come out and have civil conversations and a civil dialogue? And are they willing to spend the hours necessary to educate the newer generation of kids that are in the district? Are they willing to educate the new parents? Are they willing to engage them, spend their weeknights, Saturdays, Sundays, give up personal time, miss a football game? can't go on that weekend trip to Maine whatever it is we have to start having some of these discussions cuz i think as you probably would agree steve it's very very clear to me that there is a very huge learning curve um in the school community for what the dynamics are that are facing the school district in the future and we need to start talking about these things um and we need to start highlighting them I've talked about this numerous times about the 4-4-4 four, four, and four contract for the teachers, right? I voted no on that contract because I didn't believe it was affordable and sustainable. I was correct. But I was one vote. And I respect the process fully. The <laughs> superintendent of schools in the union made their decision. And they need to own that decision. They need to own the decision that they made and talk about the positives on some of these items that the teacher retention and the pay issues that have been highlighted for years, the town is actually making progress on this. This is a really, really good thing in a lot of ways. Um, unfortunately, it comes at the expense of some other things. And that's what happens when your, pro- when your revenues raise two and a half percent and the biggest line item in your budget is at 4%. I talked, to, I talked to the AP civics class last week and um and, you know they 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 knew all that, so um you know I think it's just the conversation points we just have to really
0: start talking about a lot more right it is yeah, and i I certainly empathize um any of the parents that I've talked to and there was a new parent at the budget subcommittee school committee budget subcommittee of all places on Monday who participated. I recognize his story I was there, that's how I got started <laughs> back in two thousand six. You're going along your life, you're doing your family stuff, you're helping the kids with sports, et cetera, et cetera. Then you start hearing about, oh, what's this budget issue? What's going on? So you start getting involved. I've been involved since then because respectfully and unfortunately, some of the systemic issues have not yet changed. Um, We've made a good deal of progress in many ways, but we still have more to do, to your point and my point. And the schools need to do more telling the story and not just in however many slides, but telling the story, the the comparison would be look back at the budget hearing, whether a town council or fincom, the police came forward with a concise, "This is what we need, this is why." They got what they asked for. Fire came forward. This is what we need. this is why they got what they asked for. The school committee, respectfully in school district, has not to that level of compelling story told the case made their case and I'm sorry but there's work to be done there I'm willing to help fortunately there I've been able to get with Lucas and his schedule is rather challenging but I've been able to get it and record some sessions with him so to share that story one of the members is on a regular basis so far and I want to continue that that's a help but the rest of them you know, as an organization need to address and communicate to your point, um, the people need to know the real story. It's not, it's not simple to tell if it was somebody else would do it, but they need to start.
1: And it's not also, and I didn't know that about you, by the way, until 2006 piece and how you got engaged. Um, I thought it was just a retirement project, but I think, you know, to that point, I, I was up at the high school the other day. And what was miraculous to me was how extraordinarily, Um, bright. The kids are um, talented. Uh, I went to the lunch area. Everybody was polite, well behaved. I know it's not like that every day. (laughs) Um, Since we've been in this declining enrollment in the last 15 years, academic achievement has gone up. Athletic achievement has gone through the roof extracurricular entertain, uh, uh achievement has gone up. We've got um, everything from um, women's basketball to cheerleading to music. Jazz bands have been winning awards. I just think at some point we're not necessarily talking about the real positives that are happening. People are moving here for the low tax rate, the great school district, the great services that you get for your price of what your money is. Um, the amenities in Franklin are extraordinary. Um, the public amenities are extraordinary the library, the rec center, the senior center. Um, you know, we've got a great culture and morale on, on school and town staff. I know there's this one issue that stuck out this year of a music program or an arts program or a teacher this or one thing there. We have to resist, and it's very challenging, Steve, but we have to resist this idea that one thing is so outrageous that the piranhas then end up feeding off this Mm. and become so encompassed by this one thing, we're missing everything else that's going on. And I think this is like the outrage syndrome that's occupied our country. You know, we hear one thing and we then automatically think the worst of everybody and we think the worst of everything and it's not true. And in this case, with the schools and really our public safety agencies, too, and our DPW, all of our custodians, all of our librarians, um, our senior center staff, our volunteers, you know, we, we, we have progress to make, but we also really need to be grateful and celebratory of the things that we've had. We just talked on offline really quickly um about a lot of the good things happening the nascent street Tot lot reborn mm-hmm. i'm sure steve you saw the video of little sophia yes um going up with her little brother um yeah. and you know i met with the mother a couple times with Counselor sheridan out of the park and you know i mean I, I, it's speechless um but when you go through years of planning out a park like that and then you finally build it and then you see that video you know, you just it's so emotional um, and you see things at the Sculpture Park yesterday. I know you missed I think you might have missed the event, but um, I'll tell you what, go down. Everybody's listening should go down to the Sculpture Park and look at the beautiful new uh, fish exhibit from the Remington Jeff Kids um, Elementary. Um, uh, uh, the, uh, the arts teachers were down there and Amy Adams was down there. Um, and it was really beautiful to see how just thrilled and excited and, and how happy the parents were. And the fish look gorgeous too, Steve. Yes. But they still beautiful. The kids did a great yep. job. Absolutely. And you know, huge kudos to the DPW for doing a great job cleaning out the park. And, you know, the uh, rainbow uh, awning that's there, um, you know, got repainted this year. Um, so it's bright. We did it just for Pride Month uh, in small ways um there's just a really you know we had a great memorial day parade we had a great memorial day breakfast for all the vets down at the senior center um i'm going to stop there steve because i know there's a lot of great things and i'm going to keep pumping them up but
0: oh and I fearful say, hey, how do you
1: get through your job you have the hardest job in town and i go this is how you get through it when you see sophia walk up that um you know the ada accessible um structure at nation street tot lot when you see the kids Um, ready to go swimming with their fish in the uh, pond. When you see all these other things, it um, inspires you. And I think the schools, I think, would be bested if they were to tell some of those incredible stories about about the athletes, about the jazz band, the arts, the teachers, the accomplishments, the graduation rates, the college proficiency, the scholarships. Um, I got to imagine, Steve, that over the last 25, 30 years you've lived here, you've seen a huge, remarkable improvement in um, the output of what uh, the kids are doing when they leave uh, Franklin High.
0: Yeah, no, it's 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 been and in my role. And yeah, going back to I, I started as a parent back in 2006, trying to figure out what's going on. And respectfully, even then the news, when they did report at that day, and certainly there are no news organizations out in meetings today, they were only reporting on like five minute conversations. So I started doing what I was doing and I'm still doing it because there's still a need and even more so now to give the information so people can at least be informed. And that's driving me still. Mm-hmm. I've been fortunate in this role to have, and I'll just highlight two quick pieces. So yeah. I met with the Empty Bowls Club with the mm-hmm. high school. They do that Empty Bowls. They do the great dinner. The conversation with them, they yeah. are so articulate. Oh, yeah it was incredible the You're work so they're smart. doing oh amazing um another one that's soon to come out i met with raylin mercer and susanna was wickstrom now her uh uh equity name is cordon uh, you get to change your name when you become an equity actor i didn't know that
1: <laughs> i didn't either i just learned something new from you yeah
0: so but even the conversation with the two of them so Ray Lynn, I had spent time with as she's developed certainly her story through 38 years at 38 Main Street. We did that earlier. But Susanna has followed along and now she's a leading actress in a high institution that's focused on arts education. She's got her equity card. She's doing professionals. That is amazing. <laughs> And how articulate she was in telling her story. And so compassionate, yeah. and compassionate. Oh, incredible, absolutely oh. incredible. So there's there is so much here, so much goodness, and that's what I try to focus on because there is the details and the devils in the details, but you do have to do that. And NASA Street, the one thing I will advocate for, and my grandson may actually start a petition. The one thing that was left out of it, there used to be a sandbox, and they, uh, he, and others loved the sandbox. Now it's not there today, but it (laughs) could come back. So let's advocate for it, right? There's always room for improvement going forward. So I
1: even complained about the trees.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, but But, some of the trees would have fallen on somebody, so they did not need to come down.
1: You, I didn't, I wasn't going to say the trees needed to come down. I just thought. There's a limited shade up there Um, with um, you on the sandbox. And so we'll work towards those things. And I agree with you. I think that's like the spirit that needs to hopefully come to the one Franklin concept is just to realize we're all in this together and we all have to have some patience and some humility and um and be able to still continue to talk about these improvements even when you have something great like Nathan street it's okay to still say but what about this
0: why didn't do that right. right um well, daisy field has a nice park too for kids but unfortunately they absolutely need trees because you can't be there during the middle of the summer because the equipment just bakes you um yeah. so yeah that's a separate issue when it all takes time. One of the themes we've talked of here before. And oh, by the way, back to the budget, whether it's the pie, which has been my term, <laughs> or the current term is the pot. The pie pot is just not big enough to do everything we need to do. The pie we need to grow to give us the funding to do all these things. That's
1: Right. That's right. Right. We'll, well gradually we, get there. I always joke, we're the tortoise in the race. Yes. The private but, sector is the hare in the race. Right. And the private sector has the ability to go raise prices, cut, slash, whatever they do. And they reap the benefits or they hear the sorrow from that Mm -hmm. individual part of American culture. And the public sector is the opposite. We are the slow and steady, hopefully stable foundation towards a civil and progressive society. And, And ultimately, that's just part of the problem, right? I mean, you have to. Be who you are and not be who you aren't. And one of the things that we are in government is we're a meat and potatoes organization. You know, I think one of the things that has come out of this budget hearing that strikes me from what you just said is the town cannot do it all. We cannot just push our wishes and tell them to do everything. And I think that came out a little bit. You know, and I respect the the comments from a lot of folks of like, why aren't you doing this? Why can't you fix it? Why can't you send this out? Why aren't you communicating enough? Why, how do you not do this? Why are you doing newspapers? And, and it's just a lot of that, unfortunately, is um, is just not, it, it, you know, a lot of it's just is, is is a learning curve for a lot of folks to realize that if we're going to achieve all these common goals together that you just spoke of. The citizenry themselves has to go do the work. And I think impartially, we can, the superintendent, the council, we can be guides, mm-hmm. right? We can help We can help navigate the path, right? Um, but we're severely limited in what we can do to try to do this. This has to be a citizen-led initiative. Right. And I've oftentimes said, I think I've said it on your show before too, that's the hardest piece of all this. Because people are overstretched, over thin, they're overexhausted, overextended, and they are going to have to sacrifice if they want to see that wish list you just talked about of all these other things that people are talking about. Mm-hmm. They've got to make that happen. Um, it can't just be me. And I think that this struggle of who does the work <laughs> is actually a big, is probably one of the biggest parts, the problems that we have to solve in order to get on a yellow brick road in a path towards trying to figure out solutions to this.
0: Yeah, and I think to to reinforce a couple of pieces, certainly engagement is key. It takes two to tango. At least some folks are coming forward, maybe 15th hour or whatever. They're at least coming forward. But the other piece, and we've talked about it with your sessions and even Tom Mercer's sessions in the quarterbacking, The town is responsive. Based upon CPA, we're doing pickleball courts. Based upon CPA, we did the Nason street funds. It's all, it's an engagement and it's a responsive process, albeit it does take time. So people do need to have a little bit of patience, get engaged, respect provide info, respect the details and then be patient because it will happen.
1: And we've seen that in, We've seen that with a lot of other things, right? Six years ago, nobody could have seen CPA being passed. Right. Nobody could have seen us purchasing 200 acres um, uh, of open space. And you chip away at it. You yeah, do a little bit at a time. And that's my job. And fortunately, we've got very supportive counselors and elected officials in my tenure to realize the strategies behind
0: those things. One other thing that took time, and actually we hadn't pre talked about it but i think the parking meters are actually installed i saw them this week in passing (laughs) so that also took time but they're here right so now the communication campaign to say oh by the way now you can park here and then you can pay either via cash coin credit card app (laughs) so great point slow and steady
1: it's going to continue on why Got the kiosks, but, you know, we passed the bylaw. It's first come, first serve. Um, we learned this week that the T added a new time to leave earlier than we had anticipated. So we have to go back and triage the map a little bit. Um, and we're going to do that in June and July, which will be effective in August, to readjust the hours of the over-and-over-bike parking so that people don't get tickets when they go to take the train out at 5.08 um, a week.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's Okay. We can't panic and freak out. This is where I'm trying to get at these days. We can't be outraged by why didn't we see this coming and and get into a big mouthful about it. Let's just go and utilize our form of government to its maximum potential and say, okay, look, hey, we have to make an adjustment. Right. Um, And it'll be done by, so instead of July 1st, a lot of this will take precedent on August 1st. Um, there will be the new rules on July 1st that are currently in place. So those were there. The person who's going to be mad at me the most for this is Brutus.
0: Because, because he's got to do the work.
1: Go back and make six more signs to change the hours or whatever he's going to have to do, eight signs. Right. And he should be upset about it. And he should give me a cranky comment about it. It's okay. I it can handle it. But he's going to turn around and go make the signs in August and change them, you know. Right. And and ultimately, this is just how it goes. And then, by the way, that education piece that you spoke of is going to have to ramp up in the fall. And we're going to get info out there. And just like the parents that are now learning about some of the cuts to the schools, it's a learning curve that's going to take people a little while to learn the adjustments. As you know, Steve, these changes on East Central Street, on Main Street, East Central Street and in the parking lots, is are a 180 degree turn from what we've done in the past i mean a, just a holistically philosophically ideologically different program mm-hmm. and it will be adjusted in a year or two right it's going to be more right like we're going to continue to keep to change these things to adapt and be nimble to what people want and need right we just can't can't tell people how to think and i respect everybody's opinions but to be outraged uh and point fingers all the time at everything is really exhausting everybody and um we need to recognize that unfortunately our our general line of work in public service is um is to be more methodical thoughtful strategic and and you know and kind of slow moving mm-hmm. So we try to do the best to balance that. But you are right. We have those coming July 1st. They are installed on in the Ferrara and Depot street lots. We have three kiosks. We have a method for everybody. It's first come, first served. There's no more permits. So anybody that's commuting into Boston, going downtown for the day, um, you know, there's your spice. And then after a certain hour, they'll be free at night. Mm-hmm. So when the street parking fills up, there's two parking lots there for people. For folks to go out and park and hang out in downtown all night.
0: Yeah, 70 plus parking spaces. So that's significant.
1: 70 plus parking spaces. Right across from the black box next to 7-Eleven. The Ferrars lots there for patrons with tickets. The Depot Street lots behind Dean Bank. So for folks that want to go there. I mean, it's still a short walk through the alleyway to the black box or to any of the restaurants, it's not that far. No. I don't know about you, Steve, but my wife and I really actually like to park further away because after you go out to eat, and if you do it right, yep. you kind of need a 10-minute walk. Right. Just stretch out a little bit. Otherwise, yeah. what's the point of going out to eat, right? Like right. you got to enjoy food, right? So mm-hmm. um, so hopefully people will see a lot of that coming, and you know, obviously summer is kind of a slower time of the year, but by the time we get to fall, we'll have all this
0: ready to go yeah indeed well thank you for taking time today it's always a pleasure to both learn and share and hopefully the listeners will appreciate it as well and they'll learn and then be able to share as well um because yeah the the devil's in the details and we've talked through enough details there are certainly resources on your pages on my pages there's enough info that people can get inundated have some sleep inducing reading if they want um, but then you know get to the matter of what it is so
1: Steve, it's the best i appreciate it very much and uh, we'll talk to you in another week and a half or so
0: and we'll probably catch you at the stroll or whatever in the meantime or yeah, there's enough pa- enough happening we'll crush somewhere so besides in a meeting i will be on the
1: stroll tomorrow i'll be strolling um and looking forward to it hopefully the weather uh does well it looks like it's a little sunny out so yeah mm-hmm. hopefully it will beginning of festival show. season the farmer's market's open farmer's market process yes. in the Commons starts in a couple of weeks yep been on my fm often trying to plug all these things too mm-hmm. uh we're on your podcast we're on social media lily's doing a great job getting out the word stay positive
0: stay positive absolutely Things will happen in due course, and you can help to make them happen by getting involved and letting us know and let Jamie and the town staff know as well. But um, we also do this because Franklin matters. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help?